So I like this idea. You can see kind of all the songs that have happened so far today are about what can we get rid of? Because whatever we get rid of can only reveal our perfection. Because that is how we were created. Then we started adding stuff. <laughs> then we started adding jealousy and want and fear and need and teams. You're on my team. They're not. They're on the other team. We started adding all of this stuff. We started adding like, like the Hebrews in, as, wandering in the wilderness who had manna from heaven to eat every single day. They never once starved. They never once had an instant of being hungry because manna came to them every day. And yet, they all had out their Tupperware containers trying to save it just in case tomorrow it doesn't come. And it's spoiled. <laughs> to me, this is such a great lesson that when we are receiving good in our lives, we tend to be afraid that it'll never happen again. And our very fear sort of sets up a self-fulfilling prophecy at times. Because there's a lot of things that I, that I will tell you that I believe and that I think. I will tell you very few things that I know. I know that love is the most important thing in the world. And that if you have love, everything else will follow. I also know that you cannot receive with closed fists. And that you cannot hold on so tightly to what you've received because you can't receive more. But when you let go, you become a part of the flow, the flow of love that is always going, the flow of energy in the universe, the flow of God. And so that's what we're talking about today, our year of abundance. We talked about the pillars of joy, the pillars of love. Now we're talking about the, the pillars of prosperity. And last week we talked about what prosperity is. Is it money? Well, yeah, can be. Is it relationships? Yes. Is it joy? Yes. Is it release from fear and insecurity? Yes. Yes. Because what are we trying to buy with our money? We're trying to buy things that make us feel less feel fearful and insecure. So what if we were able to live life on terms that allowed us to just be free? And y'all, I'm not talking about not making a budget and not being frugal. I believe that God is very frugal. I believe that God uses every single thing. Every single thing. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. So as we talk about giving this week, so what is giving? Is it tithing? Is it charity? And what's the difference between letting go and giving? What's the difference between releasing and giving? Because we can give with attachment. No problem. We do that all the time. We give with this idea that, okay, I'm going to give that to you. Now when I need something, I know who to call. Or we give with the idea that now you have to like me. <laughs> or we give with um, judgment about 
you shouldn't need that. I'm going to come in and rescue you and take care of you. And then I'm going to judge how you use it, how you spend it. We give all kinds of ways that, that are all about attachment. We, we, anything that's transactional, transactional is the word I'm looking for. Anything that's transactional is, there is attachment there. If you're good enough, Santa Claus will bring you what you want. And if you're not, Santa Claus will bring you something bad and useless. God is not Santa Claus. In our culture, that's really gotten mixed up. Well, if I'm good enough, then God's going to give me a present. And if I'm bad, he's going to give me coal. And that leaves people wandering around life going, what did I ever do to deserve this? I probably don't deserve it. What if I lose it? I better put it in the bank right now. I better sit on it. I better hold on to it. And other people or the same people at different times going around, what did I do to deserve this? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, life happens. Good happens. Not so good happens. That's life. And we're in it. But when we understand and believe that we come from love and love is ours and we can never be diminished no matter how much love we give, then we can get into a place of letting go of all those things that we hold on to in place of love. Right? Money is a good thing. It's a good thing. It is. It allows us to have transactions. It's not a bad thing. You know, um, when I was a child, I remember, uh, you know, I've told you I grew up in a very, very fundamentalist community, and there was this idea, and it's in the Bible, that it is easier for a rich man, or it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Well, that means if you're rich, you don't go to heaven. That's what we were told, pretty much. How can you get a camel through the eye of the needle? And I remember being a kid and thinking, well... If you cut it into tiny strips. <laughs> what I know now is that the eye of the needle was actually a, an entrance into Jerusalem that was too small for large caravans to pass. Only single individuals could go through. So that was exactly, that was probably what was meant there. But here's what I know. There was, there was actually a wealthy person in our church. He was the preacher. And he got a lot, he got uh, chastised or gossiped about quite a bit because he had money. And he owned a business and his business just did really well. He couldn't seem to help it. And when people would say, how can you justify being rich? He said, I don't know. God shovels it in. I shovel it back out. Apparently, God's got a bigger shovel. And I always loved that. I always loved that idea. You can't outgive God. You just can't. You just can't. So releasing is the first step to giving. Releasing. And it's also the result of giving. It's a cycle. When we give and learn to actually release it rather than putting conditions on it, then we feel the freedom that that gives us, and then we become more profligate with our giving. We become, it, it, it's a cycle. It's a beautiful cycle, and you can break into it at any time, anywhere. In the middle of a day of complaining all day, you can break into the cycle of abundance by giving something.
a smile, a offering of gratitude to someone, an offering of help to someone. And then you, get, you start to feel what it feels like to be in the cycle going this way instead of the cycle going <coughs> this way and sinking you down deeper and deeper. So what we want to begin to release is fear, right? Fear that we won't have enough. Do we really like money? Money's just paper and coins, and, and now it's hardly even that. It's just numbers on the computer. It's what money can buy that we want, right? It's the stuff. In the movie, The Jerk, at the end, when Navin Johnson loses it all, and, and Bernadette Peters says, I don't mind losing the money. It's all the stuff. <laughs> and that's when he says, well, I don't need anything but this thermos and this lamp. I don't need anything but this thermos and this lamp. Oh, and this. <laughs> and this. <laughs> It's very, very astute observation of human behavior, of, of how we are, of how we are. So we want to let go of fear. We want to let go of keeping score. If I have something and someone else has more of it or a better quality of it, what do I care? If I didn't know they had it, I wouldn't even be in my consciousness. So why would I? Expectation of return. That's what I called bargaining, you know, especially if you don't let the other people in on the bargain. Well, I'm going to do this for you, and then you better straighten up and fly right. <laughs> and they're just, wah, 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 wah. They, didn't, they didn't make a promise. You, that was all in your mind. That was all in your mind. What if we were able to release the idea of earning and deserving? Because if anybody deserves, then everybody deserves. Are we not all created equal? That didn't come with the Declaration of Independence. That came with a creation. That came with the birth of humankind. No one is created greater than any other. No one is born greater than any other. They may be born with more stuff, but not intrinsically greater. And so we start to release that. We start to release thoughts of lack. Because I tell you, it only being jealous, being envious, hoarding, only makes sense when your basic belief is that if I don't get mine, it will run out. We saw that at the beginning of COVID when people bought toilet paper that they still haven't used all of. <laughs> right? What if I won't have any? And you know what? That's, that's what fear does. That's exactly what fear does to people. And so then there are the people who had to buy a bidet because <laughs> there was no toilet paper anywhere. Hopefully they're still using it. <laughs> But this idea that we, that we want to hoard, and it's because we have this fundamental, usually unexamined belief that there is a finite amount of good. And that if somebody gets part of it, then we can't get ours. There won't be enough left to go around. And so we jump in and get ours before it's even threatened, before we even have an idea that it might be threatened. It's just what we're taught to do culturally, Sometimes with words, 
often with words, but even if we never got words to that effect, we are taught that in our culture. Get yours. Me first. America first. What make, what's so special about America? We are one of many, many, many nations. And yeah, I think we're, we were based on some really cool ideas, and I love that. But we are not intrinsically more valuable than anyone. And yet, that's the way we've been raised. And so when we start to realize that we're not intrinsically more valuable than anyone, but we're also not intrinsically less valuable than anyone. No one is more important than you. No one is more loved than you are. No one is more deserving than you are. I believe this. I believe this. I believe that people make life choices in, on this human plane that cause them a lot of pain. And I believe that people who are in pain deserve healing. That's what I believe. That when you're in pain, you deserve healing. No one deserves any more. Some of us benefit more because we make choices that lead us to outcomes that the world considers at least more beneficial. But I've known, actually, I have a cousin who has a lot of money, inherited a lot of money. And I always kind of felt sorry for her. One, when I go shopping, you know, the choices are, it's just too much, right? When I go into a store and I see a red clearance sign, I know right where to go. That's where I go. I go where the red signs are that say sale, 20%, 40%. I'm not really happy unless, it, unless it's 60 or over. That's what I do. What would you do if you walk into Neiman Marcus and you said, I could have anything here? There's nothing I want. <laughs> There's nothing I want in there. But also, I think you would start to doubt whether your friends were your friends or whether they hoped to get something from you. Yeah. Being poor means you always know that your friends actually want to be with you because you're not providing anything other than yourself. Anything other than yourself. So we do, we can discern who we give to. We can use our judgment, our discernment, and see when I give to this place, it doesn't seem to help and might even add to the pain. So I'm choosing to give to this place instead. Not, well, I'm going to give that to you, and you're just going to throw it away. You're just going to buy alcohol with it. You're just going to whatever. Because you know the moment, and I, and I give a lot, and I don't give to every person who asks me, and I don't, I don't know how I judge that other than that. I try to be in the moment and do what my heart tells me in the moment. But the moment it leaves my hand, it's no longer my business. Whatever decision that person makes, I pray that they make a good decision and that it enhances their life. But it's not mine anymore. So you get to do what you want to with it. That's what releasing as giving means. So what else are we letting go of? We're letting go. We're starting to let go of those, this idea that there won't be enough. Because God's not going anywhere. And I don't mean that there's a person, God, who's going, well, I'm going to make sure you get yours, honey. I'm writing your check right now. I mean that this love, this oneness that is God, 
is always infinite, eternal. There's no end to that. When there's no end, there's no lack. When there's no end, there's no lack. And so we let go of old ideas. The idea that, well, those people don't deserve it. Or the idea that I deserve more or I deserve less. We start challenging those ideas, like we talked about when we were um, exploring um, Byron Katie's work. Ask the questions and then see what the answers are. But if you never ask the questions, you won't know much about what's going on in here. And y'all, this is where it all happens. It may look like it's happening out here, but this is where it all happens. So we let go of boxes. We let go of the boxes we've put ourselves in that says, this is who I am. We let go of the boxes that we put other people in. We don't like to let them out of. This is who you are. You're my sister. I've known you all my life, and so this is who you are. And no matter what behavior you show me now, to the contrary, I'm going to put you right back in your box. Have you ever had that done to you? I tell you about four years ago, my sister was, I forget what we were doing, but we were with my mom, and, and she said something about, and Melinda's a tattletale. And I was like, I was 10. <laughs> I'm 50. <laughs> when are you going to let go of that? And the answer was never. Don't tell Melinda. She'll tell mommy. She was right. But her resentment, I was like, honey, I, there's nobody to tattle on you too anymore. And I, I only ever tattled when you were in danger. So we let go of these boxes. We take ourselves out of the box. We let other people get out of their boxes. We don't start going, yeah, really? Prove it to me. We just let them be. And this attitude of learning to just let be, this is all a part of receiving greater prosperity in our lives. I don't know exactly how it works. All I can say is I've been on this path for a long time, and I've watched my prosperity grow in countless ways in money in success in friendships in relationships in my relationship with the divine in my a bit my love for myself still working on that still working on all of it and yet when i release when i consciously begin to release these old ideas that don't fit i am working on my prosperity that's what i'm doing I may not say, I'm going to work on my prosperity now. But that's what's happening when I begin to release within me what doesn't work and what's not true. That is the process to prosperity, y'all. It is. It absolutely is. And there is such a thing as spiritual materialism. And in New Thought, it's unfortunately, it's taught. If you want something... You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you get what you want. And one of the things from um, Edwin Gaines talks about the, the four things which are, um, man, I'm going to forget now, tithing, being, praying, being specific about what you want, and then there's something else. Remember the other one? I'll tell you the truth. I've known many people who are very specific about what they want. They, they 
cut a picture out of the magazine, they glue it somewhere, they put it up on their wall, when they pray, they keep that image in their mind, I want this, I want this, I want this. I will tell you that I have never done, I know people who've done that, and in their minds anyway, it's worked, it seems to have, but I have never ever told God what to give me. (laughs) Well, since I was a child, because what I learned is that a lot of times I got exactly what I wanted, and it was not good for me. Not good for me. So I allow what is higher. I allow the power that is higher than my little egoic brain to decide what's good for me. And it hasn't steered me wrong yet. I'm not telling you I haven't been through some hard times. We all have. Hard times are part of life. The Buddha said all of life is suffering. Well, that's kind of hopeless. But in life, in all of life, there is suffering. You don't get out of it. You don't get out of it because you're rich. You don't get out of it because you're loved. You don't get out of it because you live in a certain country, although we tend to tell ourselves that that's true. Everyone suffers. Everyone suffers. And we live lives of prosperity even among, within, simultaneously with our suffering when we know that there's always a solution to our suffering. And the solution might simply be to just give it up. Okay, I can't do anything but hurt right now, so I'm just going to hurt until it hurts less. That's called grieving openly. And it's a good thing to do. Releasing this idea that, no, don't cry. I shouldn't be crying. I should be more grateful. Well, that's not helpful. Being more grateful is helpful, helpful, but thinking that you should be more grateful is not helpful. And trying to keep yourself from crying is not helpful. We're letting go of the baggage, the practices that don't serve. Every time I do this, I seem to get this result. So maybe instead of trying really hard to get a different result, I can look at the process by which I obtained the result that didn't work for me and change the process or change the thoughts behind the process. Because ultimately, no matter what anybody tells you about prosperity, whether it's Joel Osteen or it's Eric Butterworth or it's Edwin Gaines or it's Tony Robbins, we hear from all of it. It's a very popular notion now. Decide what it is you want and tell God. (laughs) And God will give it to you if you're faithful enough. Well, what I say is prosperity is not about who's being given to. The giving and prosperity. This, the prosperity is about who is doing the giving. Does that make sense? Who are you when you're giving? Who are you? Are you small and judgmental and keeping score and full of fear and trying to get something out of it, making it transactional, believing in Santa Claus? Or are you working on being open and free and fearless and trusting because it's all about, yeah, and yes, I will say, I believe in tithing. Absolutely believe in tithing. I've been doing it for many, many years. I did it when I was dirt poor. I probably shared with you that it was Bob initially who challenged me when we were dating. And I thought, easy for you. You own a business. You can tithe. I'm a single mother. I can't tithe. 
I barely have enough to make my bills every month. But he challenged me to do it anyway. And so I did. And my tithe, y'all, <laughs> was not very much because my income was so small. But I did it. I did it. And truly, even at that time, I thought, Okay, if I end up not being able to pay my bills, I'm going to ask him to help me. <laughs> and you know what? Never, not one day since that time have I received a bill that I couldn't pay. Not one day. Not one day. And I tell this as a joke, but truly, it was, if you want to know it's God, I got a randomly out of the blue letter from my ex-husband with a hundred dollar check in it never happened before that never happened again either <laughs> i think that was god saying okay listen i'm gonna prove it to you <laughs> this isn't something that just would happen in the course of events so um i don't know i, I joke about that but it, it it has proven to be the truth for me 10% is what is talked about in the Bible. That's what tithing means. It doesn't mean give something. It means give 10% of your income. That's what it means. Now, you can judge how you want to per perceive that, but I'm telling you that if I, don't, if I don't give enough to make me a tiny bit scared, um, then I may not be challenging myself to open my heart quite enough. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you, too. I don't care where you put the money. All I know is that when I give the money to the places where I receive my spiritual nourishment, that is what is right for me. I also give to charity, but that's not my tithe. That's money I give above a tithe. So send your money to the church if this is where you get your spiritual enrichment. Send it to a school that taught you. Send it to a teacher, an author, a musician whose music reminds you on a daily basis to be grateful. Whatever. Where you, only you know this. Ask yourself, where do I receive my spiritual nourishment? And when you know what that is, then give to that. Give to that without expectation of return. It's a hard thing to do to, for me to tell you that actually you will get a return. I don't know how, but it is absolutely the truth that I have lived, that I have lived. And I'm not saying it's all been smooth sailing. There was a while in our business where um, we took our paychecks and we just carried them in our pockets. <laughs> and we wrote our tithe check based upon what the paycheck was, but we knew there wasn't enough in the business account <laughs> to actually put the checks in the bank. So we just carried them around until there was enough in the bank and we put the checks in and then we sent the tithe checks out. You know, we didn't want to, we, we weren't actually getting insufficient funds and blaming God for that. We were just doing what we knew to do. And um, I didn't necessarily mean this to be a personal revelation, but I don't know how to talk to you about flow um, other than what my experience of it is. Because I've read all the books and I disagree with a lot of it. Um, if you want to get specific, get specific. If you want to test God, test God. I don't care. I mean, I care. I don't, I don't judge. See what works for you. Give a little. Give something freely. Something without an expectation.
and see. Be aware of yourself. Be aware of your feelings. Be aware of your guidance. Be aware of what's going on inside you. Because this doesn't happen overnight. I've been tithing for 30 years. And my heart has expanded little by little by little by little all all over these years. And so I, so I say, it doesn't matter where you break into the cycle. If you're not in the cycle where you feel like your life is flowing with this abundant love that everybody keeps talking about, then break into the cycle somewhere. Somewhere. Give a smile. Give a hello. Give a party. Give something just for the sake of giving because it changes you, not because of how or whether it affects the recipient. And by the way, one last thing I want to talk about, forgiveness. That is something that we withhold. And when we are withholding anything, we disrupt the flow of love in our lives. So if you are hanging on to a grudge, to something somebody did to you, to some pain, I urge you to work through that and find forgiveness. And forgiveness, we've talked about it many times in here, but I'll just say again, it's not about letting another person off the hook. It's, a letting, it's about letting yourself off the hook. You are on the hook when you are holding, when you are withholding your forgiveness, when you are withholding your love. And you can forgive somebody and never see them again. There are people who are unsafe, and that's okay. I'm not saying you have to forgive them and throw your arms around them and become their best buddy. But you let go of the place in your heart where you're holding on and enter the flow of love in your life. This works. It absolutely works. And you can never tell all of the ways that you will prosper from this. I could never have known all the ways that I would prosper from the practices that I do for prosperity without even thinking of them as this is my prosperity practice. It's just what I do. If I'm holding on to unforgiveness, I get so uncomfortable that I just can't anymore. I have to work through it. I have to do what's necessary. But any place you break into the, to the cycle, give someone grace, give them the benefit of the doubt, give them a smile, give them your trust maybe, give them your heart. Give your time. Give of your gifts. Give your prayers. Give your energy. Give your intention. Did you know that intention is a noun? You can give your intention. You can certainly give your attention. And when you do, you'll open your heart, allow more in, more good, more love. How does it work? I don't know exactly. I just know that it does. I mean, I can't tell you the physical mechanics of it, but I can tell you that what I believe and trust is that there is an energy called love, called God, called Allah, called the universe, called nation, whatever you want to call it. I like the word God. It speaks to me. But this energy of God is with me at all times, and it makes my life better when I release and allow it to. When I release and just allow it to. So that's all for today. 
Um, next week, we're going to talk about being a good receiver. Because who's going to be able to give to you if you're not open to receiving? 